0: You didn't tell me i had this hair sticking up um in order to see your curls are part of your charm (laughs) especially when i have the the unicorn curl that's sticking up in the middle of my head um here's low here's high
1: don't adjust for low light that was weird it washes you out yeah okay even though it does look like it's nighttime behind you how did you manage that well my office doesn't ha- it only
0: has a window to the shaft there's only one oh, right back there it's kind of sad well my, uh, my other I mean, office living was- room has
1: a gorgeous yeah. bay window yeah see that like cars are just gonna keep driving by which is yeah that's fine that's i think it's fine too okay speaking of crazy sounds this morning i woke up to a man like screaming are you fucking kidding me what the fuck is this who did this i was so curious what happened i wonder if someone like fucked up his car or something <laughs> Where's that coming from? I don't know. <laughs> it's not me at all. I didn't. I've... It came from your end. Yes? Oh, my God. Why is The Tonight Show featuring Jacob Alordi smelling the infamous Jacob Alordi bathwater candle with Jimmy Fallon playing in a tab? Yeah, only you can answer that question. <laughs> I didn't click a thing. That's crazy. Okay, thanks. YouTube recommended. Let's get started.
0: Good morning. Good morning. What time did you wake up? Um... I always have. I always have to check in on other... <laughs> times well, that other people wake up to like to like how fucking
1: lazy i am well this morning was kind of weird because i woke up to a man screaming outside my window was he screaming for you like throwing rocks at your, your window no like, like someone the... like must have up his shit in some way or fucked up his car because he was just screaming what the fuck? who fucking did this yeah <laughs> i don't we're know seems boundless. like a particular like new york
0: is haunting you
1: yeah maybe it was all a dream <laughs> yeah. there was no what man the fuck?
0: Yeah, it was just like something that, that your brain been on
1: that corner in 30 years
0: <laughs> it's a hallucination that
1: comforts you uh, what the fuck what the shit he has a bagel falling out of his mouth <laughs> yeah some people are um soothed by rain sounds or white noise or brown noise but I'm soothed by angry man yeah me too I do need a hustle and bustle outside my apartment I feel weird like when I go to like a cabin for a day or two or like I stay at someone's house who lives in the suburbs I'm like gotta put a podcast on (laughs) yeah you go to sleep like this silence
0: is painful this is why we're contributing more podcasts yeah hopefully you guys are going
1: falling asleep to this right now welcome back to cargo Cold. it's our first episode of 2024 we wanted to be the last to bring you our <laughs> <laughs> ins Inns and out list. This is probably going to come out um, end of January, like last day of January. <laughs> we wanted to be the one that really stuck with you, you know, and so it was very intentional. Yeah, we totally meant to stop where we did. Well, let's say this. Our writers were on strike. I think we can come out and say that. Mm-hmm. Um, the timing does kind of line up for us to be able to um, blame it on, on that. Our team of writers, including Louis C.K. Anyway. So, yeah. Usually in and out lists are like the ins are, you know, self-care oriented things like drinking tea or something like that. Going to bed early. The Um, EFF did a 2024 in
0: and out list and they did not explain what it was.
1: Wait, the electronic frontier foundation? Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny.
0: It's in, it's in the ether.
1: I feel like every in and out list had fast fashion as an out, but so long as we have a, you know, an international market where International wage relations drive companies like Xi'an to, to be more affordable. We're going to have fas- uh, fas- fashion, fashion, fascist fashion. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Xi'an is Hitler because um, it does not yeah. support Israel. Xi- Xi'an came out against Israel. <laughs> no, That's no hilarious. Way. I think the <laughs> Chinese are like, why aren't our Xi'an shipments getting to Israel? Right. <laughs> they're like, they've turned against Yemen. Yeah. They're like, the tank top, the girls need their tank tops in Israel. <laughs> Which brings me to one of my ends is uh, criticizing Israel at every Jewish event. (laughs) I went to a a bar mitzvah. I went to the service for the bar mitzvah and there were two bar mitzvah boys and the Haftorah, that's like the speech that they give, their analysis of their Torah portion. They both had some criticism, hell of yeah. Israel, and like condemnation of the war in Gaza. As and then should. the rabbi, it's not Jewish,
1: <laughs> like one of the 10 commandments is don't kill. Literally, you learn that in day one at Jewish school. These kids have some balls because it's love like,
0: that. of course, you're like talking to people who have relatives <laughs> in
1: Israel and stuff. And it's like, nobody was the, it, was nobody's the synagogue gonna... itself Zionist, or was the whole community? No, it was comfort? a reform,
0: it was a reform, yeah, synagogues, but but the, it looked like there were pretty religious people there, but nobody right. like is gonna shout at no Ar- it up, oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> like
1: how <laughs> dare, dare you? you.
2: <laughs> how dare you?
1: Someone stands up, like actually, it's really nuanced in the history, mm-hmm. and yeah, maybe colonialism is bad in general. But what you fail to understand, a mm-hmm. boy, is that Jews are an exception because of the Holocaust. Man, Germany really gave us a free ticket to do anything we want. I mean, hopefully, Zionism was already out for you. I think for anyone listening to this show, I should hope that was the case—that mm-hmm. Zionism was already out for you, especially like blatant Zionism. But I think in 2024 that like soft both sides Zionism needs to be out as well. yeah, the Israeli discourse is just like getting more and more
0: nonsensical and like it just seems crazy like yeah, I
1: mean well, they're clear they're about. losing they're losing hearts and minds obviously because people can like look and see photos and videos of what's going on. And they don't really need hearts and minds because they have the support APAC.
0: of <laughs> of APAC yeah. and no, but they. Uh, I mean, American they aircraft don't. Aircraft carriers, like, right? All all the best militaries are on their side. They don't I mean, they need... only need the hearts
1: and minds of the boardroom at Lockheed Martin, but yeah. they do need a certain amount of Western Jewish support. Um, they've always relied on that. Like Israel, even like bought that mass online influence system to counter you know what they're calling anti-semitism which is really anti-zionism it's like a machine that like creates content tailored to specific audiences and they feel like they're losing on the digital battlefield because people online are, are not falling for hasbro as much as they used to because you can easily again see photos and videos of the truth so you know obviously israel's kind of looking for, to a technological solution like it often does
0: uh, yeah i was like i guess upset at myself after like going to the bar mitzvah i was like oh man i just recorded that special i should have said something about israel in it <laughs> but, was... but you well, know did i didn't record really... december second mm-hmm. so it was far into the war but right. i don't know i just, just like have... not even a war also but yeah yeah but now i kind of have a joke about it but i mean it is well, like that's tasteless. what we need that's what yeah, we need war. more jokes about it or just like a joke about me being yeah. like a ceasefire jew rather right. than a tunnel jew <laughs> right
1: well honestly the ceasefire jews have been killing it like not to not that they should be like you know the biggest heroes of the story but the Jewish response, you know, at least from what I've seen, again, maybe I'm in like a weird leftist bubble, but has been kind of like overwhelmingly opposed to the the Israeli government. um, Yeah. They're going on
0: Al Jazeera. They're giving (laughs) interviews. Al Jazeera, hire me, please. Right. Well, they're not (laughs)
1: being invited on really anything else but Al Jazeera. (laughs) It's like you're a ceasefire Jew or you're Alan Dershowitz, basically.
2: Joining us now, Harvard Law Professor Alan Dershowitz. Uh, Professor you are mentioned in this document, you were mentioned repeatedly, and very specifically, it was the allegation against you was that Epstein forced then-minor Jane Doe number 3 to have sexual relations with you, and that also you were an eyewitness to sexual abuse of other minors by Epstein. And I want to give you a chance, now that it's come out in writing tonight, to, to get your reaction.
3: I was Epstein's lawyer. Of course I flew on his plane. We flew to meetings with the U.S. attorney, with the state, attorney. Um, As soon as Epstein was shown to be what he was, I ended my personal association with him completely. But I maintained a legal relationship with him. I represented some of the worst people in the world and continue to do so. That's my life. And, of course, I represented Epstein. Now, the one point I do want to make is that I understand all the feminist groups and the radicals who think this is the worst thing in the world that anybody ever had any contact with Jeffrey Epstein. Where are all those radical feminists when it comes to the Hamas rapes of young Jewish girls, sexual abuse, beheadings? They are quiet. They are silent. The incredible hypocrisy of the Me Too movement. Me Too, except if you're a Jew. if uh, Or you're an Epstein yeah. lawyer Jew.
0: I don't know. My, yeah, I have people in my family who are posting some Michael Rappaport shit where he's like... Who's that? Michael Rappaport? Oh, my God. He's, well, he's a comedic actor and also a stand-up mm-hmm. comedian. I actually opened for him. Oh, so he's months. like a Brett Gelman
1: type.
3: How's it going, Gen Z and all you other fake woke liberals? Uh, here's a little something for you. You don't read? No, no, no. You don't read? No, no, no. You don't read? No, no, no. So how you know history? How you know history?
2: fake woke Americans
0: guess who actually lives on stolen land you
2: do guess who actually lives on stolen land
3: you do you do you do do. me Jew you do me Jew you do you live on stolen land
0: um so he's friends with all these kind of like neocons and Michael the, Rappaport? Yeah, Michael Rappaport. Yeah. and he's kind of like a Wigger Jew that, Good. you know, like kind of sh- shouts. Oh, at, you got to watch his like. Oh, this thing. guy. We should, yeah, we should pull up a video really quick.
1: Michael, wasn't he that. on um? He was on Prison Break.
3: He was on a lot. Or maybe of he stuff. just looks
1: has one of those faces.
0: Here, let's do uh. <laughs>
3: Osama bin Laden, why don't you go to the firehouses of New York City and talk to the firemen whose lives will never be the same because they were down there at the rubble digging out their co workers? Their... Okay. I think Another out? Adams outside
1: my window this morning.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: it was
1: Michael Rappaport yelling. <laughs> He's like, who the fuck would do this? They like, like, would crash into the towers.
0: <laughs> yeah, are you still talking about 9 11, <laughs> screaming about
1: it. Who would watch a TikTok about Osama bin Laden in my America?
0: I do have to mention that nearly every comedian, including me, I mean, I'm a light joke about it. Uh-huh. That like I'm a millennial, and that's like the story I have to tell. Every comedian has a joke about 9 11, and it is it is like doing a joke about Columbine in Denver. It is like it's it's right. hard. You know, you, there are people in New really? York who
1: have been touched by it.
0: Yeah, but I do they have, have friends have a show? Who are like,
1: I feel like our age and younger love 9-11 jokes
0: like (laughs) yeah I don't know know? I don't know I I I see I see both sides I don't know the other thing that does kind of annoy me is where like I do side with the like Israel freaks posting crazy shit is where everybody's like oh it's a race issue it's like black Mm -hmm. and white and it's like well no not really because they're pretty much the same color <laughs> these
1: people some of them but some but i mean it's it's not only a race issue yeah it's definitely wrong but there is a race component um there, and yeah, blame a, some of the hamas you know members who you know their whole family died they're orphans and they joined this resistance group whatever like you kind of can't blame them for seeing it as an a race issue because one they're 14 and you know what are they supposed to sit down and get all academic about it and see every side like they're they're fighting for survival number 2 because you see in front of your eyes like all of these Europeans and New Yorkers coming and moving into your homes and they do look different than you yeah let's let's watch this go I'm trying
3: to rationalize it I said a couple of weeks ago on this podcast that nobody would dare rip down posters of hostages nobody would dare rip down <laughs> posters of people that were missing after 9/11 but I was wrong they would do that now he's sick Wacky, radical left freaks, these self-loathing, self-hating kooks who, for years, who have been complaining about how they're identified by their pronouns, who have gotten participation trophies. Why? Why does every, like, right-wing posters have
1: to bring all other people like it's after just consciousness with yeah it's like yeah what is like he had to get the word woke in there he had to talk about pronouns somehow you're hurting your
3: own argument dude here let's do it doesn't mean that to me from the river to the what, sea if i say n-word this n-word that i said well it doesn't mean that to me you think that's gonna stop me from, from me being canceled or from anybody else getting I'll their go. ass kicked or being canceled hell no the last five weeks like well from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. It doesn't mean that to me. It means that to us. It means that to the people of Israel. It means to Jewish people and the people of Israel, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Means that you wanna extinguish Israel. You wanna come up with a new chant that's not as offensive? Come up with a new chant, a new slogan. Come up with a new.
0: Okay. Sometimes when people are chanting from there, there's like videos of Israelis going up to them and being like, okay, from the river to the sea,
1: which river? And protesters are like, uh
0: i'm like oh no come on
1: yeah. <laughs> but but uh, well, again like it just shows um how grasping at straws like the zionist movement is like this is the issue this is your issue like mm-hmm. on the other side the issue is hey you're killing too many children mm-hmm. and on their side the issue is like pick another slogan this slogan doesn't work for me also yeah in new york
0: very new york-based news there was like a palestinian restaurant that had on their menu from the river to the sea and but for years yeah and but because they're like from the river to the sea could be the name of a diner you know it's like so silly and uh and they're like no and there were protests against the restaurant and they were like we're gonna host a shabbos dinner because this was not about that and like Uh, i mean um, this is just like where the battlefield is for yeah for people though we need to yeah, people are focused on the wrong things. It's just like everybody's like is Israelis are trying to find the you know the one word that bothers them. I do want to mention that Michael Rappaport is on cameo so for $200 you could you have him say him from the river to the sea <laughs> Palestine will be free. Yeah.
1: I did get a really great cameo. Oh, I told you already. No, gonna... Tell me about that. No, tell me about the cameo. I don't remember. Oh, my friend got me um my friends got me a cameo from George Santos. Oh, yeah. Birthday.
3: Hey Michelle, happy birthday and i hope you live it up and as is far as my lip combo it's want. called mother nature i do not wear any lip tints love you bye
0: yeah that's what i think is in 2024 cameos are heartfelt they're expensive mm. everything should be said in a cameo you're getting right. fired get it from trump you're right. laying off your staff get it from trump you're yes. coming out of the closet get yes. george santos to explain it to your parents
1: yes you, you want to propose your- with me yeah. <laughs> a Trump cameo is he on cameo probably I don't know, yeah, maybe so. not but um yeah maybe.
0: I'd love to get a proposal from OJ Simpson marriage proposal <laughs> so. <laughs> so that's an in
1: 2024 cameos, cameos. Okay. one of my ins for this year is news shows bringing on psychics as experts Ooh, and let me unpack why you may have seen that Fox News did this recently um they did this uh early this month like January 2024 they brought on um like a fortune teller or a psychic or something I love this I think it's actually a step up it's at least like kind of upfront about the fact that hey this is a total joke it's fake
0: yeah
1: <laughs> it's a huge step up from you know so-called experts with blatant conflicts of interest
0: yeah well uh, what did the fortune tell the fortune teller like came on
1: and talked about the 2024- 2024 oh great a clip I gotta see
3: this Ins- I'm assuming
1: it's a gal <laughs> insane um yeah of course it's a bitch.
3: Paula well, Roberts is the English psychic who is on set to give us a reading right now I would like, Paula, for you to give me a reading hmm. on President Trump. Just the one card.
2: One card. One card. Let's do just one card. I love here. Paula.
0: And she is wearing all of her necklaces for this oh, Fox oh. News.
2: Oh, oh,
3: oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, What is that? I, I mean, I, I do recognize that I'm, I'm at Fox TV. I, uh, <laughs> a sense of loss. A sense of loss. But it, it's very <sighs> specific. No, 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 no let, let me. On. no 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 it's as if um he may be thinking more about what he's lost and not still taking full advantage of what he still has that's a great interpretation it's, Paula. True. <laughs> it's true i mean i didn't make it up let's see president joe well, at least they're having fun his year look like
2: let's look at joe biden Great. lots and lots and lots and lots of money lots of money <laughs>
0: from <laughs> china great oh, you are cheeky oh look on this card it shows hunter <laughs> biden
3: lots of money A lot of money is very interesting i mean above okay so above great it
2: is his normal it's way above that's why when i say lots
0: because everybody loves speculating about 2024. i go yeah every time every day i talk to andrews i'm like what do you think is gonna happen
1: at this point it's like whatever the mainstream media predicts you know it's gonna be not that especially with regard to trump but this again it's a step up it's a step up i would rather fucking have paula predictions than you know military officials current or former board members or advisors to the military industry or even members of congress campaigns take money from the quote-unquote defense industry on the news to give their expertise and analysis i would literally rather have paula i mean especially these days you know you talk about experts going on news um who take money from the israel lobby um, and then they come on and they give their expert analysis. So I, yeah, I'm, this is for sure. in for me, I think a fortune teller is a step up. I'd rather hear her predictions than hear Tom Cotton, you know, go on Fox news and say, quote, as far as I'm concerned, Israel can bounce the rubble in Gaza or Liz yeah. who said, quote, Israel can take whatever action they need to defend themselves. Like, you know, and it's not just Republicans. I know there's some libtards that listen to this.
3: This is Democratic Congressman Adam Smith of Washington state. He's the ranking member on the House Armed Services Committee. Uh, Congressman, uh, great to see you. Appreciate you coming on. Hamas literally does not care about human rights or civilians or about protecting life. Israel at least cares.
1: And Senator Jack Reed joins me now. Senator Reed, thank you so much for being here with us. Many people in the U.S. are saying that we need to send some type of aid to Mm -hmm. Israel, whether that be ground troops or money. Obviously, we have sent a ton of money to Ukraine.
2: Mm -hmm. On the Senate side, we're going to move very quickly, I think, to provide aid not just to Israel, but also to Ukraine Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, do that and then hope that the House will coalesce at at some point so that we can get it done.
1: So I say, bring on the psychics, you know? I think this is exactly the way that the American corporate news should die with with a lot of nonsense and absurdity. I loved her. What was, and yeah, she was
0: just everything you would imagine a fortune teller to be and just so shiny,
1: (laughs) really. Yeah, she was, ooh. ooh." (laughs) Wow, <laughs> a sense of loss great I love it but have her on every night kick Adam Smith and Jack Reed off the news and and just have Paula on you know for every segment what else is in for you canceling Amazon Prime um I actually already canceled Amazon Prime a few years ago but I've been kind of cheating um because I have been using someone else's um Prime account but like whenever I saw something on Amazon that was like cheap I'd be like can I just use your Prime account and then obviously I would I would pay for it like I would Venmo them Um, but. Brilliant. But yeah, I think we should all collectively cancel Amazon Prime. I mean, not only for BDS reasons, but Amazon Prime specifically, I think is, is not great. You know, you're basically paying for them to like keep you in a shopping cycle. And it just bothers me how like arrogant Bezos has been about the whole, you know, Prime business model. Cause like, obviously, you know, we, we all know that it's designed to turn you into like a lifetime paying customer. Um, but Bezos like literally goes like this to us and he's like, literally like, you know, he treats us like suckers, which like we are, but like, we need to like, you know, I think we should cancel it he has that quote um this
0: sounds more like an out than an in
1: <laughs> yeah but in is canceling it you're yeah. right <laughs> amazon prime is out you're like let's do the positive stuff yeah. <laughs> good news it, bezos it. has been <laughs> fucking us in the ass for- <laughs> you're right this is more of an out Am- bezos literally said our goal with amazon prime is to make sure that if you're not a prime customer you're being irresponsible um and he's definitely created that and it's hard because sometimes i will go to whole foods and then you see the little sticker with the sale price and they make the the price if you're an Amazon customer the big price so you look Mm. at it this is I don't know whatever five dollars but then you actually pay six dollars um unless you have prime so he is making it inconvenient but I don't know I think if you know yeah you know what's crazy is like you
0: only get the discounts at Whole Foods if you can like show the prime uh, yeah code and I have never been in a Whole Foods where my phone worked to show the code. Interesting. So I wonder if there's some fuckery there. Cashiers are like, sorry, I can't do anything unless you show me the fucking generated code. And I'm like, oh, but
1: I have it. You've got to preload the code before you get into the store. I, I mean, I that's the sure. thing is I I was using my friend's code. Like I stayed logged into their thing on my app. Because oh, that's a good friend. A and then just be like, I mean, but also they're not losing anything is the thing, you know? Um, and actually, I think there's a point system, too. So maybe my they're gaining. Yeah, I'm like definitely not losing anything.
0: Um, oh, yeah. And I also did get an email from Amazon Prime. They're switching to ad supported on their streaming. So even though you're paying for it, wow. you're getting ads. Yeah. And it's like, fuck you. You don't need to be selling me something. I'm yeah. already on my laptop. Right. Watching this show, watching Lord yeah. of the Rings shopping. I'm already shopping. Like, stop you trying to sell me, me stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Give me I this don't thing. like ads. I'm already shopping. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm trying to get to your website to give you more of my money. Stop creating these roadblocks with ads.
0: I don't know. I I think I'm
1: a bad leftist, though, because I still, I definitely still. Because if something is just so much cheaper, it's like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I want the cheaper option. No, I think that is not. But I know it's the wrong, it's not the principled choice. Don't be like me. I'm not trying to influence you to be like me. I'm just being honest. Like, sometimes I... Don't want to pay 300 for something when i could pay 50 for it sorry well, uh, yeah i i you know i think as a good leftist you realize that consumer choices won't change the system yes and no like i think if there was like during the boycott amazon movement when those workers were telling us to boycott i didn't touch amazon because i think that those individual choices can create like a political but it's just way too ubiquitous
0: like everybody has an account yeah. everybody it, like the boycott of amazon is now
1: no oh. i mean like we need to bomb amazon frankly <laughs> You need to, like murder Jeff Bezos individually. That will create like, party, of-, of course, long story short, Amazon Prime is out um for me specifically. I'm not preaching. obviously, uh, we're all poor. um and you can't, you know, make perfectly moral choices all the time. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying for me, it's out this year. This is a person yeah, use out. Alibaba. Also, if you feel like you need to keep Amazon Prime because of the free shipping, I think you can get free shipping if you just spend twenty five dollars or more per order. So, Maybe just give up the Prime subscription. Don't give Bezos your money for the subscription and just do fewer, larger orders, which you know, <laughs> it's a kind of a compromise because you're still using Amazon. But if you really, you know, feel like you can't afford, you know, shopping at an alternative, just don't buy seven yeah. things a day for 50 cents. Just, I think, get yeah. Your oh man, yeah. Less I just see so back. many packages in my
0: building. It's just like so much waste. Oh, it's just like, go to, a, go to the fucking store. Like people getting toilet paper shipped to their house. Like, Go to the fucking store, dude. Yeah, like I I know it's not consumer that. choice that's gonna ultimately yeah. change everything, but it's just a wasteful I mean, yeah, then- I guess I do have a boyfriend who's going to the store for me. So
1: like just go to the store. Not me specifically. <laughs> but- no, I was definitely guilty of that, of like getting groceries delivered. no but I like I like going and searching for things and like this is like such a cliche but like it is so much more fun to shop a small business it's so much more fun to like go to the market and like see different vendors and like pick things out and like find things instead of just googling exactly what you want clicking the first result on Amazon going to the cheapest option and that shit is 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 um you know it's landfill it's whatever I'm not preaching but your life um will be better if you women be uh,
0: shopping at small businesses (laughs) yeah use a small business like Target
1: or walmart <laughs> oh. i'm kidding um so anyway, amazon out for me um another in this is like a small thing i'll just mention is like because i um hung out with my grandma uh, towards the end of the year who who has like alzheimer's and it's like really bumming me out um in for me this year is going to be like doing things with my non-dominant hands so i can try to prevent i just don't i don't want to have alzheimer's um uh, is,
0: that, is that a okay, that's what we'll they ask say you i
1: mean I, who knows if it's true that's what they say what, what are your outs
0: uh, oh, out. I hate saying X, formerly known as Twitter.
1: So true. I think. Ah, oh, that- I hate it so Y'all much. Stop. We all so know st- it was formerly known as Twitter.
0: Okay. And also, yeah, it's just a stupid name. It seems like a porn site when you say X. And another out. I would say like that cage fight thing that never happened. Like we can't be swayed. We can't be influenced by these freaks who are trying to convince us that something fun is going to happen
1: yeah it's not, like if anything relates to one of these tech billionaires like you should immediately divest your attention from it like what are you like if you're paying any sort of attention from it or getting entertainment from it like what's wrong with you agreed one of my outs is sleeping next to my phone i recently learned i mean first of all there's the radiation obviously but hmm. even if you don't want to believe in that um which because there's been a lot of, you know, wireless industry funded uh, disinformation about how it's actually totally safe. And don't worry about it. Even if you don't care about your health in that way, like phones disrupt your sleep um, in another way. Apparently, there, there's like data showing that if technology is present in the room, you're actually using energy to not engage with it. And so that's bad for your sleep. And, you know, there's studies showing that you just don't get as good sleep when technology is in the room. So sleeping with your phone is out. That's something for me that I'm trying to change this year as well, because obviously, where are you going to put it? you're in a studio so you're basically sleeping. that's what I'm saying that's the thing is like it's like okay they say okay so don't sleep with your phone in your room so I guess I have to throw my phone like out the window (laughs) (laughs) they see even when you're sleeping you're deploying a degree of energy to not engage with things so I guess I gotta remove all technology you know go remove your refrigerator every night you know go knock on your neighbor's door and ask them to hold your microwave overnight I guess if you live in a studio
0: I think the radiation gives me energy one day I'll be. Do you want energy
1: while you're sleeping? I think you want rest.
0: specifically. I don't know. Sleeping. I take pills to go to sleep. Um. Good. Good. I guess. Yeah, we already talked about Israel, but another out is the use of automated systems to surveil a population. I do think it's just like a major turning point in war and intelligence systems, like. We should remember that Israel is exporting a lot of technology that it's been using to surveil the Gazan population and the the population in the West Bank. So um, like Pegasus by the NSO group that gets, you know, it's like malware that uh, allows you to record things on phones remotely, like. Hamas was easily able to just like all right we're gonna just set up in-person meetings I guess and then but the other thing is they had balloons that were patrolling Gaza these remember like the giant weather balloons oh my god I want to show you a picture of this because it's like crazy balloon
1: Israel
0: Hamas um a balloon actually uh One of the balloons actually in 2022 accidentally fell into gaza one of their spy balloons and so hamas kind of knew what they were up against i'm not finding here share screen that's the balloon you see it
1: oh yeah these giant ass looking You you learn to share only the relevant window please this is like real boomer hours right now
0: okay sorry i'm just lazy Um,
1: did i do it now yeah yeah so
0: here is the balloon the spy balloon it's crazy it looks like a drone that has a disease uh, i mean it looks like a marine animal yeah it looks like yeah and so it has israel balloon all kinds of cameras on it um you know the balloon crashed because of an operating officer's mistake was blown by a strong wind into the Gaza Strip. As the yeah. source from I mean, Hamas. Even
1: the, even the headline is then misleading because Hamas seizes Israeli balloon. Sounds like Hamas seized it, but actually, it sounds like it it fell into their territory. Yeah, it was more given to them. The balloon brought itself over. Even the balloon is like, "Fuck these Zionists! I'm not spying on you."
0: Yeah, there were, uh but one of the first waves of the attack on October 7th. So Hamas sent drones to disable the cellular communication stations and surveillance cameras and um, the remote controlled machine guns. Boom, they were gone by the time they got to the fence. And then the fence, the billion dollar fence was destroyed immediately. And it's just, uh, I think we're gonna see um, a major shift in intelligence gathering from technology to we're gonna go back to hot chicks seducing seducing the enemy um like uh, there's a story before the six-day war before the six-day war in 1967 there's a movie mariel hemingway is in where she uh israelis she's a Mossad spy steal the sky it's called steal it check it out it's a fun movie where a Mossad agent seduces an iraqi pilot and eventually he flies over his plane to israel and then they're able to study it and uh and gives them a leg up in the arab israeli wars but so we're gonna have to go back to honey pots i think it's gonna be more in person human we're gonna have to have more human interaction and that's exciting honey pots
1: are back Mm -hmm. for intelligence agencies you know i don't know like do you feel like october 7th was like, a failure of intelligence for Israel, similar to how some people think that 9-11 was a failure of intelligence for America? Yeah,
0: I do think it was. A failure of intelligence was, they also had warnings coming from some lower-level officers that they just did not heed, and they had troops in the West Bank. But also, I think that was part of Hamas's plan to have riots in the West Bank going so that the military would divert its attention. I think it's, going to be interesting going forward because yeah a lot of israel's exports was this surveillance technology and it proved to have it's like um not only is this you know horrible meat grinder war it's it's horrible but it's an incredible embarrassment for this military
1: yeah i think they're also unfortunately going to step up their um you know quote unquote like influence machine um because so many people are like not falling for the you know, Hamas hates Jews narrative anymore. And, you know, if you hate Israel, you hate Jews. I feel like that's um, really lost its momentum. Um, it, it already was, obviously, like BDS was has been big for many years now, but I think it's more mainstream to criticize Israel in the US. And so I think, unfortunately, it means Israel's gonna really ramp up its its propaganda operation. I mean, you saw there even they're trying to stop the U.N. from investigating, like, the rape claims that they couldn't stop screaming about. Israel is forbidding doctors from speaking to the U.N. group that's doing the investigation. Oh, that's a great look. Yeah. Wonderful. Their justice ministry instructed the legal department of the health ministry to tell Israel's doctors and others involved in the care of October 7th victims and released hostages not to speak with the committee of inquiry. Anyway, OK, so what did you say was out was um <clears throat> digital oh, relying on <clears throat> digital form of surveillance? surveillance. Yeah. yeah remote on the gr- boots on the ground surveillance intelligence for any intelligence agencies listening to the pod <laughs> yeah and who's giving advice to Mossad I need to eat something I'm getting dizzy hold on okay let's pause pause
0: I think um michael
1: hayden has it in personal they didn't like what we said about israel it's gone forever we didn't even talk about israel last time we talked about george carlin what's oh, their yeah. issue with that
0: how was your snack what'd you have apple and almond butter very nice oh i did so the show i have tonight i just joined and there's like it's a room that seats 100 and there are nine tickets sold okay so I thought, oh great, I'm joining another show,
1: but I'm just. Yeah. Uh, what have you done it before?
0: Yeah, I've been on it before, but Is now. Usually,
1: like people buy at the door. I guess. Sounds like it's not something that's worth you going stressing to. Dressing over. I mean, if definitely going to, Definitely no, not. I'm hosting over. it. <laughs> oh, you're hosting it. Oh. Yeah.
0: What a life. But yeah, it's like we booked all these comedians. Yeah. Who are not sharing it. You know, and it's like, why else did we book you? Is that in their contract? No, there's no contract.
1: It's just like a courtesy thing. Do they um get, how does it work? Like, do you just get paid per show flat rate?
0: As a com- um, There's not going to be much payment for the show since no tickets were sold, you know. So
1: the comedians performing are not getting paid? They will get paid a little bit but But they get paid a percentage of the tickets yeah okay so they they're gonna want to share it you'd think Mm -hmm. interesting it's actually not interesting um Um, you're right it is isn't interesting i have another out you have another out yeah
0: let's hear it
1: it was in for a little bit to like be mad at people who would like say chai tea or something like that because it's tt but i think that's out now like Mm -hmm. especially if you're not consistent like If you still say ramen noodles or shiitake mushrooms, then you can't be mad at someone saying chai tea. Like if you're still saying Mississippi River, which we all are, shut up. You heard someone else say that they get mad when people say that. Now you pretend that this irks you. Like, oh, you know that chai means tea? Like, good for you. Yeah, like Persian and Farsi. Like Uh, if you're not 100% consistent, then you shouldn't be pedantic. Like you better be annoying in every area of your life. Like you can't just pick like the, you know, something that's like trendy like be pedantic about i think you're either that person or you're not and some of you are just not that guy sorry anyway out being annoying (laughs) yeah being annoying was honestly in for a while but i think it's out now like just let people live i have another out which is tom's toothpaste i'm currently using it because um you know i found this out after i purchased the toothpaste but as soon as i run out of this tube tom's toothpaste is out for me this year because i just found out it was purchased by colgate and You know i just don't love that so i'm gonna have to find a new toothpaste brand same with burt's bees it was purchased by clorox that kind of pissed me off that
0: was a bummer yeah yeah that's sad when toothpaste becomes consolidated
1: i think my favorite um surprise like health brand that was like bought by a larger corporation was finding out that Bragg, like the apple cider vinegar company Mm -hmm. and like coconut amino company um is now owned by like katy perry I don't know if that's true. I, I saw, like, a post saying that. It might just be, like, she's part of some group of investors or something. But She's also in, like, a really
0: heated real
1: estate battle where... Oh, yeah? What's yeah, she, like,
0: she in? bought a house from a guy, and the, and the guy's like, I want to die in this house, and okay. or she's trying to expand her property. Anyways, I don't know all the details on it, but... um, She no. wants to
1: buy someone else out of his, his yeah. house he wants to die in. Yeah. Very Israel of her, trying to kick mm-hmm. someone else out of their lifelong house by because the way I was the there are a lot of celebrities have honestly called for a ceasefire um i mean obviously we shouldn't be looking to celebrities for like moral cues or whatever but it does um normalize it more i think it's that's important for especially young people who like look up to people and stuff like that like you realize like oh that's, that's not a taboo thing to do like this person that i care about whatever kid cuddy called for a ceasefire macklemore right?
0: <laughs> yeah macklemore that's surprising yeah if macklemore is on the right side of history and you're not right <laughs>
1: Macklemore damn I haven't heard that name in forever Macklemore
0: oh yeah actually he was at like when I was a, in the fifth grade on, and like in the answer coalition funny. or breakthrough oh, really? news was like so breakthrough news was like covering it and yeah. this like yeah, my ex-boyfriend. rally and, yeah well he comes in on this story and they announced hey, really? Macklemore as the next speaker and Kay Pritzker on the hot mic was like oh shit
1: what <laughs> oh that's <laughs> <laughs> And it was actually Macklemore? Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, good for him. I didn't realize he was such a ally. Okay, sorry, Macklemore. Sorry I judged you, Macklemore. That's on me. I saw Jeremy Strong, obviously, like that. That makes sense. But I saw Jeremy Allen mm-hmm. White, which I thought was cool, called for a ceasefire. You know, Bella Hadid, obviously. Boots Riley, obviously. But then there were also some, like, more mainstream ones, like um, Florence yeah. Pugh, It's not, yeah. And ceasefire is, like, a small thing to ask for. It's no, not, like, totally. Like, it's, like, it's the the bar is in hell. Like, the bar is is in china you know i don't know drake added his name to that list like that's kind of a big deal i feel like he's such an international i mean again the bar is really low like um, anyway do you have any more ins or outs
0: out uh crypto hype i think uh we have sam bankman unlikely to be freed mm. <laughs> he was convicted and he's definitely facing out he's uh he's definitely out uh he's facing 110 years in prison yeah and also soon after he was sam bankman freed you know the the nerdy kid and uh looks exactly like bernie madoff somebody like tweeted a side-by-side image it's just he just looks like a bernie madoff in gym shorts and jim schwartz and younger
1: kind of a, a cross between bernie madoff and young bernie sanders
0: yeah, you could say
1: that. Like, you know, the classic Bernie Sanders pick of him um getting arrested, the black and white pick? Yeah. That gives me SBF. Five. Yeah.
0: And I think SBF of being out also means like effective altruism. SBF. SBF. P- well, that's in a whole other thing. Y'all know what I think
1: about that. Continue. With, right? um,
0: and then the CEO of Binance stepped down also for
1: yeah. committing fraud and wa- money laundering. I mean, he should have already been in jail for naming a company that. Yeah. He because stole, in jail he stole too
0: much money from rich people, and that was the problem. Right. But rich people, we don't like that much. So, like, he took money from the Clintons, Kissinger. Um, yeah, a lot um, of regular people lost money, too. A lot of But the reason investors. he's going to prison is because he took money from rich people. You got Well,
1: out. business as usual It is big companies making retail investors lose money. So, you definitely don't go to jail for that. Yeah. And then you have another speaking out. Going to jail, yeah. Oh, well, speaking of going to jail, I have another out. Out is Dick Cheney life he needs to die it's time um this is going to come out on his uh 83rd birthday either 82nd or 83rd Mm -hmm. birthday he he needs to die it's time there's no reason he should still be alive he needs to die or at the very least get tried for war crimes yes i know all wars are crimes but even within the u.s criminal justice system as fucked up as it is what dick cheney did was illegal like running an assassination group with a kill list out of the vp's office like it's illegal under federal law there's no statute of limitations put him in prison
0: the Um, most powerful vice president yeah so out is Powerful vice president. Yes. I don't think we'll see that again. So true. After Kamala Harris is just like blah, God, blah, blah, what a blah. Nothing. I think it's very important, as you have heard from so many incredible leaders, for us at every moment in time, and certainly this one, to see the moment in time in which we exist and are present,
2: and to be able to contextualize it, to understand where we exist, in the history and in the moment as it relates not only to the past, but the future.
1: I mean, she and Joe Biden are literally having a mid-off at the White House, like she has a gaffe and then the next day he has a gaffe that tops it. And then she, you know, says some nonsensical sentence. The next day he says a sentence that, that breaks all boundaries of what we thought nonsense could be. <laughs> yeah. Like, why can't you string together a sentence, girl? She doesn't, I mean, it's, it's She's moving.
0: It's, got it's like, her... thing, she says things so vague they could be applied to anything. When we talk about the children of the community, they are a children of the community. The significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great
1: significance to the passage of time. Anyway, uh, just like Kamala Harris put all those people in jail, I think Dick Cheney should be in jail. She was a obviously it's not going to happen. Like she was a prostitute. What? Prosecutor. Oh yes, she was a prosecutor. <laughs> um, she's a prostitute for corporate power. <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> anyway obviously dick cheney going to prison is not going to happen like he's probably going to die of old age without having to pay for anything that he did just like henry kissinger did um you know henry kissinger died you know of old age instead of by firing squatter by guillotine which is unfortunate what do you feel like the worst way to die is Mm, probably like of the cold since i'm so cold right now (laughs) freezing to death freezing to death to me has nothing on drowning I guess torture is the obvious answer because torture could mean a number of tactics or forms of pain. Yeah, anything medieval where they're like tearing your body apart. Yeah. Like I don't know. I still I think I kind of might still have to go with drowning for me personally. Drowning seems quick. It's like suffocating is all quick. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Anyway, Henry Kissinger didn't get any of that. He got celebrated with a hundredth birthday party in New York City, like shortly before his death. Like he kind of went out with a bang. Um, Did not have to pay for a thing.
0: I think also what's out is AI hype. Yeah. So there's a, there's, have you heard of Dean Phillips, the guy who's running against Biden in the Democratic primaries? Oh me. He said, I will be the first AI president in American history. That's and he bad. does. He's a what Minnesota does that mean? congressman. Yeah, well, he says he's going to be like aware of the, I can play the.
2: Reservation. We have a disease a disease, and it's focused on
1: self-preservation. Can you
2: make it louder. So I'm so grateful to all of you. I will be the first AI president in American history. Andrew, you said it. Men and their babies, frankly, even good men, but women are not in a position to anticipate and prepare us for the future. He had a hundred years just to prepare
1: for... Is Andrew
0: Yang his VP? Why is he there? Yang has endorsed him and introduced him.
2: Country.
0: i mean he's talking about the risks that are associated with ai he wasn't like i'm fully embracing ai he was like i'm gonna stop ai from taking all our jobs and from killing us and and stuff like that but all that stuff oh, is... so he's saying he's going to be the only candidate to
1: to just know about the issue, yeah, he knows what AI is. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like this nobody just trying to make headlines, and he did. If you when you vow to be the first AI president, suddenly everyone's gonna. Yeah, yeah. he does have some they merch, have which is
0: brilliant. It's like Dean oh, yeah. Who is
1: like Absolutely. he's selling.
0: It to, that's that's pretty good. Self aware. I, like
1: I love that. But so he's in in league with Sam Altman. Then I don't know what his relationship with Sam Altman
0: is, and also yeah, so the, all the kind of hype that surrounded Sam Altman's firing when he was he's, Sam Altman, we talked about him in our OpenAI chat GPT episode, but he's the CEO of OpenAI and the father, but this guy is like a financier, you know, he's focused on investment and stuff, so yeah, you may have remembered in November there was a a story, or October, there's a story he was fired as the CEO of OpenAI, which is interesting because OpenAI has this unusual structure of uh, they have a board of directors that that's mostly comprised of scientists and academics and who really believed in the mission of like we're gonna bring this technology to people we're gonna make computers like more accessible to people using this technology and kind of democratize like coding and all this kind of stuff that they really believed that and so sam altman being the slippery dude he was was always making these backdoor deals. And they were like, we can't deal with him. And so they fired him and there was so much speculation. There were so many theories running around. They were like, okay, AGI is here. Like the singularity is here. Finally, artificial intelligence that could be capable of, of being smarter than humans is here. And uh, it's too dangerous. And they would, it, they don't want Sam Altman touching it, but that's clearly wasn't what it was. It was just like, he was steering the um, for-profit side of open ai in in a direction that the scientists and academics didn't like and you know uh, and i I mean it's interesting those guys who were on the board they were they were the og open ai people who really did have this wide-eyed vision of OpenAI. they turned down money to work at bigger companies and really believed in the mission they they had like a messianic view of it and when Microsoft was trying to partner up with OpenAI, they were like, who are all these freaks? Like, why are they so obsessed with helping people? And they're like, we'll just tolerate this. But when they fired Sam Altman, who Microsoft was, really developed a relationship with, and they started to invest in the company in 2019, they had like a 50% stake in the for-profit side of OpenAI. So Microsoft pressured OpenAI to take back Sam Altman and then Sam Altman remained the CEO and it, it it was like and and then another story came out that he <clears throat> he's been courting the gulf billionaires like billionaires from Saudi Arabia and UAE to start making chips that would be um mm. w- focused on on AI computing and so i think you know people are realizing the cost of AI a little bit like they're like all these machines are like working overtime to and and the cost is just so large to have these large language models computing and writing these high schoolers essays so their their costs began began to skyrocket and um sam altman was like more focused on on appeasing the shareholders right and tried to make more profit focused decisions and then so okay. the idealists were were out at or open, open out. ai yeah it's what
1: microsoft when so Sam it's was like the classic um struggle between reshaping the world in the long term which uh-huh. is evil in its own way or short-term you know shareholder profits which is also evil just in another way in this yeah. context
0: yeah and when like, sam Altman was fired he tweeted i love you all today was weird experience in many ways but one unexpected is that it's been sort of like reading your own eulogy while you're still alive the outpouring of love (laughs) is awesome one takeaway go tell your friends how great you think they are
1: oh really he went that way yeah
0: so there is so much focus about releasing like safe ai which is really interesting that i kind of got into like before they brought out gpt4 they were too worried that it wouldn't be pg so like they hired a whole team to uh make these meta requests so Mm -hmm. like when you put in a prompt into GPT-4, there's all these secret prompts that are going right. in as well as guardrails. Yeah, that the so, audience doesn't see exactly. So, they had just a whole team, like, trying to figure out how they, uh, could stop the GPT-4 from, like, grooming a child into having sex with, uh, yeah. <laughs> an o- older person. So they, yeah, they just had a whole team of people like, how, um, how do you have sex if you're 12? <laughs> like asking the
1: bot, like to be the all kid. these creepy yeah. ass things.
0: I They just should have hired a bunch of sex offenders. To figure I mean,
1: this. it's so tough because it's like to have the tech company itself start coming in and deciding what's right and what's wrong could, could be seen as a slippery slope because um, again, it's it's just the tech company deciding for all of us. Like part of life is that, these things are subjective. And my parent may say, it's okay for me to watch Cartoon Network and your parent may say no. And so that's just part of life. We're going to have slightly different upbringings. But when we're all parented by these like three or four tech companies in a, mm-hmm. in a few years, it's like, I don't know how great that's going to be for society.
0: We're all going to be so easily groomed.
1: And then towards what end? Because what, what? who are these people? What are their agendas? At least with your parents, you know, they can make mistakes and they could be misinformed. But at least in theory, most of the time, obviously some parents are fucked up, but most of the time the parents have the ultimate goal of raising you to be a good person, you know, <clears throat> of caring about your health and safety or whatever. But you can't say the same for these, you know, unelected board members of, of these technology corporations all the time. Yeah,
0: it's definitely, there are liberal values that are baked into these,
1: these capitalist values, and you yeah, know, capitalist anti-communist
0: values. values. So we did ask it to write a description of a podcast and it was alarmingly good at how mark it could explain a marxist did we do that in the, the ChatGPT
1: episode <laughs> you know what i've noticed is ChatGPT. it's been about a year of us using it now it's gotten worse very very obviously to me i don't pay for the fancy version so i can't speak to that and i'm sure when you pay you get a better product but the free version has definitely gotten worse there was there was a
0: board member who wrote an article about how the uh how open ai needs gov- government intervention and all these chatbots need it. Uh, guardrails that are out externally placed. And Sam Altman really had a problem with that and tried to have her removed from the board. So it was all this kind of weird infighting that was going on. He he tries to sound like a wide-eyed idealist. He tries to sound like one of the original board members, but he's just a salesman. He's just like, I'm yeah. trying to get you to buy this thing. He's like selling you a vacuum That's cleaner. his job. Yeah, yeah. I think what's interesting is like the whole like clan of AI scientists who mm. really have an optimistic view of it and really believe that it's technology that can make um, computers more accessible to people and, you know, like yeah. democratize coding and stuff. They were looked at as freaks by computer scientists before mm-hmm. 2023. Mm-hmm. You know, they were a lot of people- like we need like to the, go back to that. Yeah. Like the AI community, they rebranded as deep learning yeah. Because AI yeah. got such a bad name under yeah. by computer science, like computer scientists thought AI was astrology. They were like, "This yeah. is technology for girls." We but don't know was, what it is. It was a
1: great. It was a great. It's clear that it was a, a great marketing scheme to rebrand existing technology as something new and revolutionary that could be a silver bullet to society's problems, and also a silver bullet to your profitability or well, whatever you as an organization want. You either want customers or donors, or you as an individual want fans you want audiences like ai is gonna get you there like ai is gonna you know anyone successful is gonna is gonna be using ai and if if you don't use ai you're gonna be left behind every business needs to get on board this train like one of one of our our biggest hype cycles at the same time Just because it is uh, not that good at what it does and not that powerful doesn't mean that um, a lot of powerful people aren't going to continue to try to use it to shape the world. They shouldn't, but they will because the voting public has no say on what they do. So when you have these giant um, corporations like making more decisions based on AI, like we can laugh about how it's dumb or maybe it's inefficient or whatever. Please don't look at my hair. Don't look at my hair. Um, That's great. Thank you. They're going to keep doing it. (laughs) Like... United Health United Health uses AI model with 90% error rate to deny care. So, brilliant. <laughs> it's so great. We can laugh about how that is a high error rate, but it's also scary because the largest health insurance company in the United States is using this deeply flawed AI in quotes algorithm to decide whether to give health coverage to, you know, elderly patients. Like this affects people.
0: Yeah, they're like,
1: "Sorry, the machine
0: says you can't get your cancer treatment." Oh, yeah, on the side there's an ad that says put AI I AI am, t- put AI <laughs> to work for customer service. It's like literally Incredible. advertising. You must be thinking, Every "How com- can I apply this to my company?"
1: I mean, okay, so it's it's a failure in that it was flawed, but for United Healthcare, that's not a failure. They don't give a shit. Only thing that's a failure is if profits go down. So, I mean, um, they're being sued for this now, but I have a feeling that it's going to be a drop in the bucket for them, whatever the outcome of the lawsuit ends up being, because that's just kind of how these things go. Let's see. According to the lawsuit, United Health started using NH Predict in at least November 2019 and is still in use. Um, great. <laughs> Good. The algorithm estimates how much post-acute care, like a patient on Medicare Advantage plan will need after acute injury, illness, or event, like a fall or stroke. Post-acute care can include things like therapy and skilled care from home health agencies, skilled nursing homes, and inpatient rehab centers. It's unclear how NH-Predict works exactly. Good. Good journalist. Yeah. But it reportedly... <laughs> it's proprietary
0: ast- software. Sorry. Well, yeah,
1: exactly. And, and the only people that know are the people that have a vested interest in that information not getting out if they work at United. But it reportedly estimates post-acute care by pulling information from a database containing medical cases from 6 million patients. I, I think but anyway, we get it. This is an issue. We get it. Let's let's talk about... So you have another out, you said? Yes. Um, one of my outs this year is doing at-home DNA tests. What are uh, you afraid of? <laughs> I, I've never done one, but I won't. But I think it needs to be out for everyone. This one is a preaching one. You guys need to stop. What it. if you're sleeping uh, with your third cousin. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, then you don't need a DNA test to tell you anything. So, I mean, we all know about these like at-home DNA test kits at this point, like 23andMe or Ancestry. Mm. You can trace your heritage and like you know piece together your family tree. Basically, you spit into a test tube and mail it off. Did you do it? Or no, but somebody in my family it. did it, which mm-hmm. revealed a lot of
0: stuff. I really, well, should I tell the story right now? Yeah. I wish you didn't ask that question. Stayed <laughs> into it. It's really on Wait, is it, is it my time right now? To, <laughs> should I tell the story? And right go. Wait, <laughs> right? And go. Well, did I tell you? I think, you know, well, uh, my, right my right. brother took a DNA test and basically all of my mom's side of the family didn't show up on the results. So Mm. all these people I thought were cousins are not my cousins. Like what happened was that my my grandmother had cheated on my grandfather and she just kept it quiet forever. When we finally she's dead and my grandfather, who I thought was my grandfather, is dead, and also my biological grandfather is everybody's dead. So like nobody I yeah, nobody nobody can explain themselves
1: like obviously she, she cheated but I wonder if she knew that that
0: she, was knew, a 100%. she okay. knew 100% she knew 100% because my mom looked different than my sister than oh, her shit. sister and <gasps> yeah they looked really different and my my grandma would like call we found out from the other uh-huh. family that my grandmother would call them and like ask for they're like we think I think karen's uh marty's son and like you need to connect me with calvin klein she had this obsession like he had some random connection to calvin klein and she was okay. like trying to use it and she was kind of nuts but mm. it, it was crazy to me that like she kept that a secret for like 55 years like why he would you death. not like i mean on it's... your
1: deathbed just be like you have nothing to lose be like by the yeah, way I he's not your dad it was probably like so <laughs> shameful for her like you know yeah, I get
0: being a woman in the, in okay. the 50s like I'm I'm just going to hush up and say that this kid is this guy's. But like after a while, after a while. you got to you got to be like and I, and she was I all like, like
1: with all of her mental faculties together.
0: Yeah. Damn, so she could have done like a deathbed. Yeah, she could have done a deathbed confession, but she totally was just like just like, yeah, never run. So uh, are you
1: close with um you like I don't know, cousins and stuff.
0: Yeah, like. I still, well, those those were the bar mitzvahs I went to. Do I there. send
1: money for this bar mitzvah boy? I don't know. Yeah. See, actually now I'm thinking these DNA tests might be back in because that's, <laughs> really, that's actually. I mean, it did kind of make me a, a great, I,
0: I have a good joke on my special about it and just telling the story is so fun. My mom was like really shocked and really yeah. torn up about it. But then we like found out that her biological grandfather was Jewish and everybody was like, Oh, ah, whatever. <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> oh, he's Jewish. Thank God. Could have been anyone during the Eisenhower administration, but they were like, Oh my god, thank God he's Bar mitzvahed. Oh my god. I can't believe yeah. I Weird. Think, so. Did this, that guy have any other lot. kids? The real grandfather? Yeah. The real the biological grandfather had a lot of kids. Um, and he had t- so he had two kids out of wedlock, my mom and another woman. So the family had already kind of been through it with mm. another, so they were just wow. like kind of cool about it. They were like, we know our dad was sleeping he around. Kind of a So she was skeptical of DNA tests. She knew. She was like, don't give it to the government. She don't give your information to, to the government. <laughs>
1: now was you gotta like wonder. A, was she political?
0: Yeah, she was, I mean, she would like, she got arrested once for calling a cop a fascist. And <laughs> like a, a supermarket parking lot. Um, so yeah, was she, was, she was she was a fun one. Well, she left a note on on it. she like uh tapped another car and then left a note and went in to go do her food shopping and the cop was like you left the scene of a crime.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's like everyone leaves a note. That's normal. That is
0: normal. But what else should we be afraid of when it comes to DNA testing? So is there like a
1: massive leak? Yeah, there was. So, okay. So obviously like, you know, doing a DNA test can be very appealing for people because it kind of goes to the core of like one of the main human desires, which is to, like to know ourselves. Um, you know, we want to know our family trees, but we also want to know ourselves like these companies like do a lot of marketing around, like, do you want to find out if, if you're likely to hate the sound of chewing or 5% more likely to hate the taste of cilantro or something like that, which by the way, grow up, grow the fuck up. Like I also think the whole th- thinking that it's soap thing is fake. Like people are lying for attention. Don't you don't have to pretend it tastes like something else. Just say you don't like cilantro. Just admit that you're a baby that eats chicken nuggets and macaroni and cheese every day. Anyway, so um, people will actually pay money to hand over their personal data so that they can find <laughs> out if they have a higher chance of hating cilantro or who their grandpa was or whatever. And obviously, or these- cancer. Yeah, but if you want a fucking clinical genetic test to find out if a condition runs in your family or to get a diagnosis, like, cool, go have a doctor order a clinical genetic test for you. Like, then it'll be subject to strict HIPAA controls. Like, these 23andMe's and ancestries of the world, like, they pretend like, this is for you. You'll get to know if you have a likelihood of getting this disease. Like, it's not for you, it's for them. You get some basic information about your genetic differences and your ancestry. And what does 23andMe get? They get a vast trove of genetic information that they now own and can sell and can do whatever they want with uh, somebody else can sell there's the big pharma angle which is like you know 23andme got funding not only from big tech and google or whatever but from GlaxoSmithKline, from johnson johnson like all these pharma companies that obviously have a vested interest in having genetic information about the population
2: GlaxoSmithKline, they put 300 million dollars into the genetic startup that's 23andme now that what they get for that is a huge database. This could be useful information for you to have, but when you sign up for it, they can take your spit, Stuart, store it for up to 10 years with 23andMe and use it for research. There are problems with privacy here. Do you necessarily want your DNA public? Is somebody in the government gonna come after you? So I, I wanna say to your excellent viewers, that I want people <laughs> to have a chance to say no, and they can. I, I would have I thought I'm all that are all this. in favor I'm of real, genuine, genuine I'm, research, I'm, new drugs. Look, I'm all in on this. Glad GSK is making a deal to do it. I want to make sure there's a stop sign. That's all. All right. I want to make sure that somebody can opt out, because the purpose of the test is to identify whether you have a disease. And it's same with organ donors. I'm all for it, 100%. But I want people to be able to say no, that's all. Okay, we do understand that one, Doc C. Don't you agree? Uh, I'm not, I've got, a, I've got a, a script to read. So I'm you, okay. but thank you, Doctor.
1: So that's concern number one. I mean, we could do a deeper dive into DNA another day, but like, the big concern is that the genetic data is um, potentially being exploited by the drug industry um, for profit, and then beyond that, by intelligence agencies. But even if you don't want to get conspiratorial, if you're like a libtard or whatever, like, you should care about this from your own personal privacy perspective because, like like, as we've said on the show before, there's still no comprehensive, like, federal privacy law in the U.S., and so, like, HIPAA is great, um, and, you know, there's the Genetic Information Discrimination Act, which is fine, but Mm -hmm. that only keeps your genetic information off limits to, like, certain types of insurers and employers, and, um, 23andMe and Ancestry and all of them, like, they're not, um, they're not registered as healthcare companies they're not regularly like healthcare companies they're just regular consumer goods firms they're not healthcare providers they don't have to follow hipaa rules so once you hand over the rights to your data it can kind of hard, be hard to control where it goes like and you're literally signing away when you click the terms and conditions you're signing away your legal rights to that dna and yeah, you're kind of signing that. away for your family too like your your family member did for you cuz you didn't take a test you didn't click agree to terms and conditions but they um like if a close family member does a test without your permission then 23andMe now has a genetic profile on you as well.
0: Yeah, and police departments have used it, but they did find I the um, or
1: the Golden State Killer. Oh, yeah? Is that,
0: is that their success story? Yeah. <laughs> so if you are a serial killer, yes, do, a, do an at-home DNA test. Okay, It's yeah. so funny. He was just like, I want to know what it. percent Irish I am. And it's like <laughs> the FBI shows up at his door the next day when he gets his result back.
1: And he's like, ah, oh, I'm a little German. And then they're like, knock, knock, knock. And you're 100% in jail. <laughs> was that 23 me, or was it a different company? Because 23andMe said- It uh, was a DNA test or... of a close relative, actually. Okay, right. there we go. So the close relative thing is important because so we recently had a hack um, of 23 me, and what was initially 14,000 uh, hacked accounts turned into 7 million profiles accessed because- it's all of those people's close family members as well.
3: New revelations about the data breach at genetic testing firm 23andMe, which is now confirmed profiles of nearly 7 million customers were hacked. If you look, since this initial breach was declo- disclosed back in October, just a couple months ago, it's, it's grown to uh, about half of the user base now of 23andMe. So the information around ethnicity, around potential um, predisposition towards certain health th- uh, conditions, towards DNA information, all that information is there. And so the risk is, is really the kind of keys to the kingdom relative to genetic personally identifiable information. And it's got a lot of users behind it and it's a publicly traded company. And so that makes it a company that really falls into this ironically unregulated space relative to cybersecurity.
0: Apparently, part of the hack was that they only took information from Ashkenazi Jews and 100,000 uh, people of Chinese descent. So it was like, are the hackers like super nationalists? As someone who has used 23andMe, this is a terrifying story. And if you are of Ashkenazi
3: Jewish descent or Chinese descent, this should be particularly terrifying as well. Wired is reporting that 23andMe user data was stolen in a targeted attack. You know,
1: I'm saying this is out, but it's Trina's left the station a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, people have already been doing this dumb shit for years um and including like one of my aunts did it and i remember that really annoyed me because it's like you you should get consent from your whole family before doing something like that there is like a potential
0: like a ne- really nefarious use case where it's like people are like identifying all the jews biologically it doesn't even right. have to they don't have to go to a synagogue anymore or is yeah, or, it just like, one
1: think about it from the perspective of an intelligence agency or a national security whatever defense you know um agency or something like that where you could create like a targeted bioweapon with um, this genetic information. And obviously like the, the like adult American brain can only understand that in terms of a foreign power doing that. Like what if Russia hacked into this information, you know, or like China hacked into this information. And if that's what you have to do to realize, you know, the power that this kind of data can hold, like I guess do that. And then also um, in 2020 Blackstone acquired ancestry.com for $4.7 billion. And there was a headline about a man named Dennis Blackstone who met his older sister and two half sisters because of one of these consumer um, DNA tests. What you need to know about Dennis Blackstone
3: is that family is his constant. It started at birth with his twin brother, Doug. Both were adopted at three years old and grew up knowing they had a
1: biological sister. (laughs) Dennis would finally meet her 70 years later. (laughs) It was modern technology that made this all possible. A DNA kit from 23andMe led Dennis to Connie's number. So I just found that by accident when I was looking for the Blackstone. um, Who are these people? I just think it's funny that his name is Blackstone and Blackstone bought Ancestry.com. But it's just like, you know, on the other side of things, it has the potential to be very heartwarming, you know, where it's like, oh, like... A family reunited, like this is what Ancestry and 23andMe wants you to think about when they think about their company is Dennis Blackstone. What they don't want you to be thinking about is Blackstone.
3: In recent years, people all over the world seem fascinated to learn more about their family history. One of the companies helping people do that is Ancestry, a company now led by Deb Liu, a technology expert previously working at PayPal and Facebook. I had a chance to sit down with her to learn why it is that people are so interested about their ancestry. What's the market value of this company today? So we're actually privately owned by Blackstone, and the transaction was at about um, close to five billion dollars. Okay, few years so ago. it was public. It was public about ten years ago. Yes. Okay, now it's privately owned by yes, Blackstone. That's correct. Okay, so presumably Blackstone, since I know that business reasonably well, they'll probably try to sell it at some point or take it public. Yeah, I mean, I think like you know, I, they're are our owners, and I think you know our partnership with
1: them is very very close. I mean, Blackstone itself is like invested heavily in in like um diabetes devices and treatments for like you know kidney disease or whatever it's like that that should be a conflict of interest immediately you know and which is like also you know kind of a funny thing to say because blackstone has its finger in so many pies so they they couldn't do anything without it being a conflict of interest but isn't that the problem yeah that we have these private equity giants that can just you know buy and sell companies for 4.7 billion dollars at the drop of a hat they kind of heralded it as an opportunity to bring to life their quote unquote vision for personalized preventive health, which again sounds really great, but you know, yeah. you have these pharma companies holding this data. Like, what are they suddenly gonna do the opposite of what they've done for the last seven decades and, and put human lives before profit? I don't think so.
0: Or well, um, yeah, imagine an AI United Healthcare AI uh claims denier bot is exactly. using Uh, using your genetic information like, oh, you had a predisposition. You had a genetic predisposition to lupus. So now um, that we're going to call that a pre-existing condition, that that could be something that could happen.
1: If the test indicates that you have like a predisposition to a particular medical condition, then the insurance company can ask you about your knowledge of your own health. And if you lie to the insurance company, they're allowed to decline or rescind your application if they find out. And part of the way 23andMe and its competitors like sell this to you is they say like, oh, this is going to help your personal health because if you you know, are um, predisposed to having breast cancer or something like you should know that that it's like an empowering thing like you should know that about yourself and it's like don't fall for the 23andMe marketing because like it's not about it's not about you they're not doing this to help you, Um, you have to think about what all of that data in aggregate can do for a pharmaceutical company. Again, they say like, oh, it's good because now we know how to do research better. And, and we know what medicines to bring to market because we know which diseases people are going to have. And it's going to identify uh, potential people to be in clinical trials for us. And this is all good because all, it's all in the name of research and development. But unfortunately, pharma companies are not benevolent organizations and they are profit driven. And yes, in theory, having all of this genetic information to, to fuel science is good but in practice under capitalism which is the reality of our situation right now unfortunately it's not what it's going to look like
0: yeah it's just going to be an ai bot being like yeah you should have got your tits cut off yeah. <laughs> years ago so go to canada to buy your medicine
1: well well there was that other guy who did that from canada right oh shkreli he's a Canadian? He, canadian? he just kind of looks canadian though, yeah just shortened. oh he's american of course he is sorry i don't that's crazy of course he is I just thought maybe he was originally from Canada. Oh, no, he's from Brooklyn. Oh, he went to my school. <laughs> he was my no. best friend growing up. <laughs> he went to Baruch, Zicklin, and, and Hunter. I went to Baruch for about one week. Seven years in prison, paroled after six years and five months, $72 million in fines, released. He's like a podcast bro now, I think. He's like doing – I saw him being interviewed by um... – what's his name? Comedian. Shane Gillis. Oh, weird. weird. Okay. Martin Shkreli ex-Shane Gillis collab. I don't that's, know. That that's happened.
0: a weird matchup. Yeah.
1: No, Wait, do impress- why do you try to fuck all these gay people out of their medicines? <laughs> Basically, I just saw a short clip, but you, you nailed it. <laughs> um, you know, let's say you are a big capitalist enjoyer and you think corporations are just, you know, out to help people and whatever and intelligence agencies aren't, they're just there to protect national security, whatever. So you think everything is great. There's mm. the potential for hackers to get this information. So let's say you even think that, you know, the government and corporations are all good. You totally, you totally trust the government and the private sector. There's the potential for quote unquote bad actors to get to this information through hacks. Like, yeah, exactly. And be selling Ashkenazi and Chinese and people. It. Which, by the way, it's kind of, I don't, I, I'm, do you I don't feel have, targeted here. Yeah, as someone with Ashkenazi and Chinese descent. Um, I was going to say, um, remember, RFK had that weird quote where he said, um, COVID specifically targets Ashkenazi or maybe it's the opposite maybe Ashkenazi Jewish and Chinese aren't likely to get COVID he had some weird whatever
2: we have we put hundreds of millions of dollars into uh, ethnically targeted microbes the Chinese have done the same thing in fact COVID-19 there's an argument that it is ethnically targeted COVID-19 attacks certain races um, disproportionately the, uh, the, the, the the races that are most immune, immune to COVID-19 are because of the, of the structure of the uh, um, the genetic structure of um, uh, uh, genetic differentials among different races of the, um, of the receptors of the ACE2 receptor. Um, COVID-19 is targeted to attack uh, Caucasians and and uh, and uh, black people the people who are most immune are ashkenazi jews and uh, and chinese
1: and then this hacker went into ancestry.com or went into 23andme and specifically targeted the profiles of ashkenazi jewish and chinese it's just weird so listen if you're gonna do 23andme at least you should do it armed with the information that it's in partnership with glaxo smith klein cool
0: i think we uh we did it we did it we do it absolutely
1: okay. <laughs> Thanks for um, tuning in. We'll see you next time. Also, we're starting a YouTube channel, so go subscribe to that. We're going to do video versions of the podcast there. Our first, I don't know, 100 subscribers are going to get a free DNA test kit or something. Yeah, Because
0: yeah. we hate you. And we're okay. going to find out who your cousins are. We're going to find out who your grandma fucked.
1: And we're going to send that information to your health insurance company.